The Holy Gospel according to John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know everything that you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name, that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Many blessings to you today on this celebratory final Sunday in our season of Easter. And when we acknowledge the ascension of our Lord in our readings, and offer thanksgiving and appreciation to our many volunteers. I must have been about eight years old when I had my first really memorable experience with volunteering. It was at summer camp. The whole camp sat on this large hill, large grassy hill, while the staff stood at the bottom, coordinating different competitions between each cabin. For this next competition, each cabin would need to send a representative forward uh, to compete in this task. Well, not even having any idea what this task might be, something compelled me to volunteer to be a representative for my cabin. It was only when a representative from each cabin had stepped forward that the staff member told us what our challenge would be. Our challenge was to sing a nursery song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, to be specific, as if we were a constipated cow. (laughs) Whoever had the best performance would win. Now, everyone thought this was a ridiculous challenge, but the staff member who thought of it um, thought it would be funny, and to ensure it was funny, 
he got down on all fours and gave us a demonstration of what a singing cow with digestive issues might sound like. A demonstration that was very helpful to me because at that time, I had no idea what the word constipated even meant. So not knowing, though, was to my advantage. I probably wasn't nearly as embarrassed as my, uh, slightly, the slightly older campers I was competing against. I did my best to replicate the actions and sounds the staff member had modeled for us, and wouldn't you know it, I won by sheer mimicry, following uh, hearing the laughter and delight of uh, those who looked on uh, as we made these, these demonstrations of a constipated cow. I couldn't appreciate or make meaning of what had happened that day until years later when I had actually learned what the word meant, but I remember how much joy and fun everyone was having. And I share this story today, not just because it's a funny story, but because I think this is a really good example of what listening to the call to volunteer feels like. Perhaps if you knew what the challenge would have been, you wouldn't have volunteered. Perhaps if you knew more, you wouldn't trust that you had the gifts to meet the challenges ahead. And maybe while you're, you're doing the work, you don't even fully understand or realize what it means for you or for those around you until many years later. Sometimes when we volunteer, we're just following a model and hoping for the best. In this rather silly story, I couldn't have done anything without the model that was given to me. And we, as a church, the body of Christ, couldn't do anything without the model given to us, the model we have in Jesus. Jesus models what it is like to do the work of God in this world and do so voluntarily. Not because we have to, but because we can. Jesus' whole ministry was about caring for others and offering the good news of God's unstoppable love. And while the disciples in our reading today, they have been witnessing the work of God through all of Jesus' ministry, they cannot fully appreciate it until after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Even so, Jesus is confident that they will understand it and they will make meaning of it. For we meet Jesus' confidence and hope for his disciples in our reading today. In our Gospel of John, we are reading at the point, at the very end of what scholars call Jesus's farewell address, right before he is arrested. And at the end of this goodbye to his disciples, there's no fanfare, no music, no big finish. He instead turns his attention toward God and offers God this intimate prayer, praying for his disciples right there in their presence. It's a rather tender moment, actually, that 
reflects the closeness Jesus felt to his disciples. And it also models for them, and by extension us, the importance and significance of praying for each other and caring for each other. A significance some of you probably felt as you wrote your prayer request these last couple weeks. Those offered prayers that you shared, by the way, that's volunteering. For this is our work as the church, the body of believers who know God and who embody God's love in the way that we show up for each other and the most vulnerable among us. When we voluntarily devote ourselves to listening, praying, and worshiping with one another, we are practicing sharing God's love, the love that God has given us. When we embody God's love, God's presence is revealed. And this divine presence is exactly what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the glory of God. This word glory that Jesus uses, it may not have the definition we're most familiar with. Often when we talk about glory, we think of fame or being acclaimed for something or enshrined in history, bringing honor to some temporal feat. But these human ideas of glory do not match up to the glory of God. Here, glory is the presence of God revealed. Glory is the presence of God in the world through the ministry and work of Jesus, especially in his going to the cross and resurrection. Glory is the revelation of God's love. Glory is the sending of the Spirit. Glory is God's presence revealed in relationship with his Son and with each one of us. This glory is characterized by how relational it is, how it touches others, how it unites. Like the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is this dance of unity and oneness, a sacred relational dance that Jesus would wish for us. He prays to God, Protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. So that we may be one as God and Jesus are one. This is not just a wish for Jesus' disciples there around him that evening as he prayed, but this is God's hope for all of us who believe that we as one body might continue God's work in the world, God's work which is relational, so that God's glory, God's divine presence may be revealed, that it may be felt in our closeness, our unity. And Jesus' confidence and hope that this work will continue, it is not in vain. For here in this community alone, I have had the honor and pleasure of watching this community reveal God's glory through how you volunteer, through how you show up in this place to worship, to sing, to read, to pray, to lead, usher, to play, to listen, to welcome, 
and be hospitable and in union with one another, to be in relationship. And so on behalf of the Bratislava International Church, I thank each one of you with a heart full to the brim with gratitude. And I pray for all of you, for all of us, that through the many of life's transitions ahead, we continue this relational dance, that wherever we go, we will keep showing up united as one in Christ, revealing God's glory and love in this world. We may not always understand the significance of our actions or recognize how they can contribute to the joy and sense of community in a global sense. I mean, I certainly didn't that day when I was eight, but we can trust that God is present. And as we sing our hymn of the day in a moment here, I would encourage you to look closely at these words. As we sing, we remember that God is here with us now in this worship, in this moment where we voluntarily show up to participate in this relational dance with Christ. This time, when we look to the Spirit to guide us in how to use our beautiful and diverse skills and gifts in daily living so that we can be truly one. We are exploring. We are practicing giving and receiving, experiencing how voluntarily serving each other leads to oneness, leads to the kind of unity that Jesus hopes for us. Amen.